Hey, and welcome back to the Young Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Kenzie Aaron of Aaron Iron and Steel. Let's get right into it. With me today is, well, a young maker of many trades or many facets. It, th- this guy does everything. You know, he's, he's doing a lot of woodwork, turning kendamas and making guitars and YouTube videos. He, he's all over the map. So I feel like he'd probably be able to introduce himself better. I'd like to introduce you guys to Miles from Make With Miles. Thanks, Kenzie. It's an honor to be on the show. Um, yeah, my, my name is Miles, and I have the YouTube channel Make With Miles. That is my main thing. I've been making ever since I can remember. I think the first thing I remember making is like a little robot out of cardboard uh, when I was six. And then I think it just took off from there. Uh, Ever since then, I've been making things. And I think, yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. Awesome. That's a long memory, remembering some robot it must have been a sweet robot yeah yeah i had um baby monitors in it so like i could speak through it and have it in a different room that was the main feature that's sweet and so you moved on from there how did you go from cardboard cardboard boxes to uh woodworking i mean i think it all started like at that point i had like the support of my family and my dad made a small workbench for me and I had like drawers of like different little things that I would collect um and I think it really took off this is this is when you were six this is like when I was like six to eight like my dad just knew that I loved making things so I had a tiny workbench I mean it was probably like I don't know it was really short and I think that's that's what led to woodworking because I, I think I was like 11 or 12 and the workbench was way too small. So that was my first real like woodworking project. We went to Home Depot and got all the plywood and everything. And uh, yeah, we made a new workbench, which I still use today. Awesome. That's a great thing about making workbenches, too, is they last forever. Yeah. And that's a great first project, too. So it sounds like your dad and your family was really involved in um, helping you to get into this. Um, And I think that's really great because, you know, when you're that little, you're not going to be able to do a lot of this stuff by yourself. And without the support of your family and stuff, you know, the, the idea never really comes to you. So... Is, do you have any close family members that were into that kind of thing, or you're you're sort of the one? Uh, into like into making. Um, yeah, my dad is really into making. He has a business, a uh, sewing business, where he repairs like garments, like outdoor apparel and stuff like that. So I mean, I've been around, and he's always doing like home improvement projects. So yeah, I think that's been a great influence on me yeah so you were exposed to it from a young age at a tender age yeah well that's the way to go and it seems like that's a reoccurring theme across you know a lot of the people we have on this show is that they've been around it and exposed to it since they were little and it it never stops once you get into it yeah so now that we know a little bit about you and or, you know what, before that, I want to know, um, I was looking at your Kendama page. Yeah. Just today I discovered it, actually, and it's it's fantastic. I don't think I followed, but I'm about to right now. So where did that come from? Okay, so ever since I was in kindergarten, uh, my friend, well, let me say this. Like, I've known my friend, his name is Taden. He's a really cool dude um, since kindergarten. And I think in middle school, he, he always, he has these hobbies and he'll really jump into it. And he was playing Kendama. And for those of you who don't know, Kendama is a Japanese skill toy, which is like a ball and cup game. And it has like three cups and a spike. 
And so it takes a lot of skill and patience. And he was really into it. And I think it was in 2019, um, I decided I had a lathe and I decided to make one. And he thought it was a great idea. So I made a kendama and needless to say, it was my first kendama and it wasn't the best. Like there's a lot of things that makes a good kendama. Um, and so then I had him play it. And then a year later, uh, I got into making things out of recycled skateboards. And I was like, why not make another kendama? And I think this is gonna be like a yearly thing that I do. Um, so yeah, I made another kendama and that one was a lot better. And then those were both videos that I posted on YouTube. And the first one did pretty well. And the majority of the comments, a lot of them were like asking, do I sell them? Can I make one for like, can you make one for me? So that's when I decided to start making them. Oh, at the request of the, you got to give the people what they yeah. want. You got to give the people what they want, especially in the YouTube comment section. Yeah. Well, they're awesome. I want one too. I got to admit. Yeah. Uh, I might have to get you to walk me through making one. It seems I haven't used my lathe much yet, but I've been looking for something to make on it. Yeah, that would be, it's a really good project because, you know, there's like a lot of different operations um, and you can make it as complicated or as simple as you want. Yeah. But, yeah. And so I guess before we get into our weeks, which I guess I should get to soon, but I want to know where the recycled skateboards came from. Because I okay. find those really interesting as well. Yeah, so, I mean, I've, I skateboard myself. Like, I've skateboarded for a long time. Um, and when I got into the maker community, uh, I was, like, I found this guy, Ben Paik, from Wilby Design. Um, and also, oh, I love that. I love that yeah. guy. And also, um, Andrew uh, Zetto. Uh, he has a YouTube channel also, and he's been making, they both been making awesome things out of recycled skateboards. And like, I really, like, if you don't know, like skateboards have uh, seven plies of maple veneer, and they're usually dyed different colors at the factory. And I think that's because just like, it helps with aligning them. Um, and so when you laminate them together and then make something out of it, you have all these cool, like, colored layers. So, like, I decided to try because I have a skate shop slash skate park, like, near me. So I just asked them if they had any broken boards. And I, that's how it started. Awesome. And I know me and my dad spent a lot of time watching that Wobie Designs. And he didn't take the skateboards away from it, but now he definitely wants to build a shop in a sea can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My dad loves sea cans, though. He's always he's always talking about sea cans. But on uh, on a more relevant note, um, that's a really great story, and I like how you know things things sort of seem to catch you, and you just follow with that. You know. Right. And. You know, the, the journey that you're going on seems to be sort of, you know, fluid. And I think that's the best space for a maker to be in is one where they sort of follow the, you know, where the creativity is taking. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but yeah, yeah you guys, see, you guys, know, you guys know what I mean. Yeah. You know, some type of creative state that it seems like you're in. And I think it shows in your work. You know, your work seems very inspired and it seems like... Uh, like a reflection of yourself. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Well, I don't I, know you, but like, I there mean, seems to be personality I, I, in your work. Yeah, I mean, if you just, like, if I'm looking through, like, the list of my videos, which started, like, in 2016 until now, they've changed, like, the projects have, are, like, there, there's a wide variety of different things. And, you know, that's something I grapple with because... I want to have like a like one style that I have like one thing that I do and it's always changing like I want a sense of consistency I guess and 
I think that's like like people I admire um a lot of them have developed like a sense of their own style or like a brand and I think I mean in my stage right now I think is just exploring as many things as possible which I kind of have to leave to the side the fact that it might not be consistent yeah I definitely I hear you and I think this is something that well this is a really great conversation for the young makers podcast actually because I think that it's something that a lot of young makers have to uh, grapple with is the idea of developing a personal style in the work that you do and the way you do this work and following falling into your own niche and I feel it I feel that too actually um trying to find where I want to go but there's a lot of new things that I want to try and the fact that you know my knives is a business sort of makes that a little bit harder I want to try some jewelry and some woodworking namely right and so it's kind of hard to get into that when I have knife orders that need to be filled so my shop my shop time is spent on this thing that has become my style of work whereas I'm not quite so uh, sometimes I don't feel free to explore these other other directions but as a young maker and as you know a lot of people that listen to the show are young makers so we all are in a great oppor- a great uh, space and uh, yeah have this opportunity to um, like you said explore a lot of our options and a lot of the things that we're capable of and then you know find what you really like because I think something that I've seen a lot of people on here say, is that the first thing that they got into um, did not necessarily end up being what they fell in love with. Right. Yeah, like, making shop furniture is not something that is, like, what I want to do, at least right now. And that's, like, you know, I made a workbench. Uh, I mean, that that was out of more of, out of necessity, but, yeah, I see what you're talking about. It. And I guess I looked at, I took it a little differently than you seem to I sort of, yeah. But I think I know what you're talking about, and I think that it's something all young makers, and makers in general, need to think about. But for young makers, it's coming, you know, during puberty, where you're trying to figure out who yourself is. So you gotta, it's this awkward space where you have to figure out, you know, who you are as a person, and as, you know, a craftsperson or artist. Right. Yeah, and I think, you know, like, one thing that I've been, like, aware of is, like, when I'm getting, uh, when I got into the maker community, I saw there's, like, a wide variety of, you know, different types of people, different types of makers. Uh, Do you know Bob? I like to make stuff. Um, I've heard of him. Yeah, like, one of the things that I like about him is that he hasn't locked himself into making one sort of thing. Um, Which is, I mean, if I find something I really love doing, maybe I will end up doing that one thing. But I like the idea of, you know, doing, having the freedom to do, make whatever you want. Yeah, I hear you. And that's part of the allure of art school for me. Because a lot of people hear art school and they think of like painting and drawing, but I know a lot of them have courses and all that type of stuff. So, you know, you you can sort of go there and try out everything and it gives you a nice opportunity. Yeah. But that's besides the point. But yeah, I think you're completely right that uh, that freedom to make what you want is, is you know, it's a, a blessing for the young maker. For sure. Now, on a on a lighter note, what's what's been going on in your shop and in your world this past week? How are things? Things have been going well. I have the week off right now, um, so I guess it's not exactly a full week that I've been in, been able to be in the shop. But um, I've been kind of scrambling uh, to get out kendama orders because uh, I have kind of a backlog of them and you know once I've done like a certain number of them I feel the urge that like I don't really you know I want to make something else 
but yeah i mean i can like there is a variety of you know different types of kendamas and you can with the custom orders you can kind of like there's people have different requests so it does mix things up a little bit but that's the main thing i've been doing um this past week and i've also been planning my next video project which is um a guitar amp Ooh. so like built up is it does it come in a kit or um well i'm trying to figure that out right now i my plan is to use like a old amp that i find on craigslist i don't know you guys have craigslist in canada yeah but we yeah. use kijiji more okay i haven't heard of that one but yeah my plan is to find like an old amp and um the reason that you know i decided to do this project right now is because um a friend of my dad uh gifted us some amp speakers that are nice so yeah i want to incorporate that into a project awesome so it's just been a I'm saying awesome a lot today. I need a, I need a new word. Great. So uh, you've just been, you know, working on production and planning this week. Sounds like sounds like a bit of a grind, but it's sort of the best type of grind, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I've also uh, been, you know, trying to figure out uh, my dad, my family. We went down uh, to a. We drove quite a ways. To an estate sale a few weeks ago uh, in search of a laser cutter uh, and because there was two listed on Craigslist um, and we ended up picking one up for a good deal and uh, yeah I just we're just trying to figure out how to set that up right now so that's pretty exciting oh man you're gonna have to go on the new XYZ podcast coming out on the makery network I just saw that yeah just a slight plug real quick, but t- tell me about that laser, because I've been hearing about lasers on Knife Talk all week, but I'd love to hear about, you know, what you got going on there. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's an older full-spectrum laser, and they're kind enough to send me out some parts that were missing, um, like uh, the air compressor and the water pump, um, and yeah, I think it's, I don't, I don't really know like how much, how thick it can cut uh, or anything like that. I'm really new to any sort of like digital fabrication, I guess, like CNCs or lasers. So Yeah, so it runs, it runs on a software then and you just program in what you want it to cut and it... Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, is it an engraver or a cutter? It, I think it can do both. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not sure like... I'm hoping it can cut um, at least like quarter inch plywood. So, Ooh. yeah. And uh, will it cut metal and stuff too? I'm not totally sure. I think maybe thin metal. I I don't really know yet. Mm. I'm looking well, forward to seeing it out. Seeing I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about it. Uh, so, if you don't mind me asking, what did you pay for something like that? Um. I, that one, I think it was like, I don't know, I, I think it was like high hundreds, um, but it was, we got it half off at the estate sale because it was the last day, so yeah, it was a good deal, um, but there was a lot of parts missing, so yeah, the kind folks over at Full Spectrum were able to send some over. Um, yeah, I just have to get it ducted out of the house. Oh, it's like it's smoky. Yeah, it's it's smoky. Um, I think, yeah, that's gonna be the tricky part because you have to drill a hole into the wall. Hmm. But yeah, that's. And <laughs> uh, no, I can't say awesome again. That's exciting. That's <laughs> yeah. It that's is. super sweet. Have... Uh, I'm excited for you. Have you uh, had any ventures into like digital fabrication? Oh, I, I stay away from computers as much as I can. Um, this hour a week is my longest time on a computer, so as much as as much as I can avoid that digital stuff, the better, because I'm pretty hopeless. 
Yeah, I, I I can see what you're saying. You know, we I, do you have online school right now? Yeah, it's just, well, I guess, um, with with that question, I'm gonna use that as a transition into my week. Um, yeah, let's work backwards this time. Why not? Let's yeah. switch it up a little bit. So today, they or yesterday, the government of Alberta announced all new COVID restrictions. Um, social gatherings are limited to zero and um, school's going to shut down at the end of this week so next Monday will be our first day of online and then we'll you know, be online until winter break and then we have about a week after winter break of online and then hopefully we'll be back at school um, I'm disappointed because I have gym class honestly we have, I have two and a half hours of gym every day which is super awesome and they're going to take it away Oh, that's too bad. No yeah. more 3v3 basketball. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we got one basketball practice before before the season ended, so it was a good a nice season this year. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's that. Hopefully we'll be back in a month or so. And then today I got home and I watched uh do you watch Alex Steele? Uh I do occasionally, yeah. As well, have it's... you been watching Will's Power Hammer Rebuild? I have not. Oh man, I part nine came out today, and if you haven't watched it yet, pause it and go watch it. Uh, pause for effect to let people pause it. <laughs> then, um, so they're they're working on it. He's put it on the stand. They've been working on it for over a month. Uh, I don't know how much money they have in that thing, but it's. <laughs> Then he was just bringing it back inside after putting it on the base, and it fell over. Oh, no. And, like, they just had it on security camera, but, like, the the no, he put he yelled when it hit the ground. Like, I don't cry or get emotional or scared or anything. Like, TV doesn't make me feel feelings. You know, it's TV. Right. But this gave me chills. Like, my heart rate was up. I was... It disturbed me deeply watching that power hammer fall over. Oh, man. Uh, that's the defining feature of my week is watching that YouTube video. And then beyond that, I've been getting myself acquainted with my new shop, uh, working on a custom order knife. I need to glue it up tomorrow. And then this weekend, handle shaping and polishing, and it's out the door, which is excellent. I haven't... You know, setting up the shop and stuff. I haven't finished a knife in a long time, so it'll be nice to to get back into the swing of things. It's it's exciting. Hopefully, the post office will be open when I go to when I go to ship it out. But the customer seems excited. He seems into it. I'm working with um, it's like an acrylic swirly plastic for the first time, along with working with G10 for the first time, and making a a frame handle for like hidden tang for the first time and i know you don't know what a lot of those things are but the listeners do and so it's just been a lot of new stuff for me i don't know if i'm gonna post the finished thing because like you said you know you put up one or two all right sorry guys we're having some connection issues we just dropped it i'm trying to pick up where i left off and if this happens again you you know we'll we're trying to get it as close as we can though so anyways, I was talking about the swirly handle and the G10 and all this new stuff that I'm trying on this knife and I don't know if I'm going to post it finished on my Instagram because, you know, like Miles was talking about with the Kendama on YouTube, you make one and then, you know, that's something people know you can do and, you know, they'll start to order things like that and if it's not something, my style is usually natural wood and I like it simple too, so this is a little bit off from my personal aesthetic and so we'll we'll see if I put it up um but yeah that's my week and I think that brings us nicely into your kendama page actually because I was talking and I mentioned it before we started the show was that the first thing I noticed on that page was how professional it looked and how cohesive and consistent it looked and I talked about this with Brendan Murren on the on another episode of the show and we talked about you know branding and building an image for yourself and how that all comes down to consistency yeah uh, so do you want to do you want to talk about how you've done that with your with your pages and your style of work 
Yeah, sure. Um, I feel like I, I think I mentioned this before uh, we cut off that with the make with Miles, I've had a hard time, you know, grappling with trying to make everything consistent uh, because not everything this, uh, that I make is the same. It's n like never the same material. Well, sometimes it is, but uh, it's never like the same product that I'm making. Uh, but with the kendamas, they're, it's a lot easier because they're all the same, you know, they're all the same shape, uh, relatively speaking. And, you know, I don't know. I have a white, like, rollout backdrop, which I use, like, almost all the time. And the approach I've gone with the kendama page is, you know, just taking really clean photos with the kendamas on seamless backdrop and then you know this is kind of a secret but you know i boost the saturation and the contrast to make it look more appealing um oh. not that it looks much different um in person it's just you know if you just nope. take a straight picture it's not the best i mean it, well if you're working with two-toned uh wood and stuff and bamboo and stuff a lot and so i'm sure that that contrast really brings out that yeah well the contrast between the two colors in the wood and whatnot yeah um and one other thing i've tried to do um from you know the onset of me selling these is having a logo and i just at first i just created this logo in illustrator and it's like a mountain with like a sun on top of it, really simple line uh, kind of drawing. And I didn't have any, like there's no meaning behind it at first uh, until, and, and at that point I had just, the Kendama page was named like my name or whatever. It wasn't a brand. I hadn't, you know, created a brand yet um, until, you know, I recently, like a few weeks ago, I decided to call it Fuji Kendamas because it is, you know, a Japanese skill toy and it's also ties in ties my logo in with the brand because it's a picture of a mountain, you know, like Mount Fuji. Yeah. But well, it looks fantastic and if I had just stumbled upon it, I would never believe that it was I don't know how old you are, but a, a young maker, you know. I it looks like a professional brand. I think you've done Thank a really you. nice job with that. Yeah. So, something we like to talk about on here a lot is um, the advantages and disadvantages of being a young maker. And I think we've touched on this already a little bit with, um, you know, finding, finding yourself in your work and uh, support from your parents. But is there anything else you can think of that... Let's start with disadvantages of uh, starting young and things that you've struggled with. Hmm, okay, well, yeah, like we were talking about, I mean, I have the support of my parents, which is very important, you know. Uh, one thing is being able to, I think other people have said this on the show before, but being able to drive yourself, you know, to get materials, uh, go for a run to the hardware store. Uh, I have my permit, but... I, you know, I still can't drive by myself, which it, I mean, it just comes with time, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm feeling that sorely now that my shop isn't at home. Not right. like my family is really nice about driving me back and forth, but you know, I can't just pop out and like, I need to glue this handle up. And so that's going to be a little tedious to get my mom to drive me out there and then do it and then come straight back. But yeah. So that's part of the game you play, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than that, I can't really think of any disadvantages. I mean, all that comes to mind is, you know, the things that are good about it, about uh -huh. being a young maker. Let's go ahead and hear some of those, because we usually find more more good than bad in this situation. I mean, uh, one thing is that, you know, you're young, you don't have a job, um, and so you're not trying, you don't have to uh, be making like a ton of money. Um, 
so you have the opportunity to explore like if you have with support from your family you know uh different types of making um and that being said like uh making kendamas is something that is able to make me money so that i can you know get different tools to explore different avenues for making so i think that's you know one of the advantages another advantage um which has helped me a lot is you know not a lot of i mean proportionally there's a lot less young makers than there are older makers and if you're if you show interest in something there'll and likely there'll be like an expert if you go to um they will be interested in helping you so whether that's like giving you an old tool they have uh or one thing you know that's happened a lot to me is like people will just give me a lot of wood um and that's really helpful because hardwood is expensive but yeah well it sure is and i think you raised some really good points the kindness of others Yes. And we come back to it on here all the time is that um, the maker community is really giving, it's really helpful, and as a young maker, you immediately stand out and your business stands out because a, a young entrepreneur, any young entrepreneur stands out um, because you're being productive. Uh, you don't have to be. This is, this is fully self-motivated and you know, a lot of people see the beauty in that and the kids getting into this stuff. And so you stand out, it helps get customers, it helps, you know, the kindness of people is, although even as an older maker, you know, lots of people are willing to share information, but being young loosens their lips a little bit and you can get tools and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, as long as you don't take advantage of it, you know. Right. Yeah, I think, you know, being young, like, when I started my YouTube channel, um, I was pretty new to the maker community and I really wouldn't be where I am right now in terms of, you know, making things uh, and making videos without the support of other makers. And someone who's really helped me a lot is uh, Laura Kampf. Have you heard of her? She makes, she's uh, German and she makes all sorts of cool things out of metal and wood. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, anyone who hasn't heard of her should definitely check her out. Her videos are like very well produced. They're very well shot and edited. Just, yeah, that's all I have to say. But yeah, she really helped me, you know, um, grow my channel and, you know, give me advice about all this new thing that I was trying to do. So... Yeah, that goes back to, I guess, the kindness of other people. Yeah, yeah, I think that's completely right. And I'm going to have to check her out for sure. I'm always, I'm like running out of stuff to watch on YouTube. I've, you know, yeah. getting into the depths of things at this point. So you seem, you seem pretty serious about all this. You know, you seem to mm -hmm. put a lot of thought. You seem pretty serious. You seem uh, very invested in all this work that you're doing. And so I'd be really interested to hear what your future plans for Make With Miles and Fu f uh, uh, Fuji Kendamas is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I really want to, you know, grow the YouTube channel. And I've, you know, grown to know different makers on YouTube who do this for a living. And that is something that I would like to do, but... Um, I'm not opposed to other things, you know, because I think like you're saying in the beginning with like, just going with the flow, if there's something else that interests me more, um, and I can almost guarantee that it'll be, uh, making something or something creative like that, that, you know, that's something you could do also. Um, and in terms of, yeah, so like, I want to try and grow the YouTube channel um, and, you know, whether that's like a side thing, if I have like a full-time job and then I'm just doing that on the side or a part-time job, 
or I'm just fully invested in that. I'm not totally sure yet, but I know that I want to, you know, invest my time into that more. Yeah. Yeah, so YouTube YouTube seems like a lot of a lot of work. Uh it's something I've looked at a couple times and it's never taken precedent, but I intend I intend to do it. Um but that's that's interesting to me that you said YouTube. So is is making something that you plan to do uh full time eventually after school? Like after you're after you're done school or are you planning to go, you know, be a doctor or something? Uh no, I I mean I know I want to do something making. I think I didn't phrase it the right way. I, like I'm not like totally sure that it's going to be doing like YouTube videos because that's fine, you know, if I'm not doing those as long as I'm making something with my hands or, you know, using my mind to design things. Um you know, that'll fulfill that urge within me. Yeah. And that's how I feel as well. I don't think I could live if I had to, you know, work a real job. Um, right. I'm too weak for that. <laughs> but we have a lot of people on here that say, you know, that they don't see, um, well, it's mostly knife makers I have on here, and they say that they don't see their knife making as a sustainable career. Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe that, you know, you're going you're gonna to be able to um, go all in on it? I mean, I'll certainly try, but, uh, like, there's so many different opportunities. Like, if one thing doesn't work, I know there's, like, more things that are involved with making. There's so many different, like, careers that are available. Um, but I do I do think it is, like, something cause that you can do um, as, like, to earn a living. Because, uh, like, there's a ton of proof. Uh, just with within the maker community hmm. no i can't agree with you more um that's how that's how i feel about it as well if you if you work hard enough at it and you put your put your soul into it there's no way you could fail unless you do but other than that there's <laughs> right. no way you could fail yeah um, so if if you were going to graduate right now would you go like do some type of education related to the to your making or would you just um sort of study self-study type of idea you, you know, know just i th- work on your business i think i want to you know go to um educate myself further um whether that's like i'm not totally sure i think that i want to learn you know more about design um because that definitely is like one of the top things that influences what you make um, and like developing a design aesthetic for yourself or like things that you like and things that you don't like. And I think that really just comes from experience. So um, I don't know. I think I do want to go to school for like design and I don't know exactly like both art and design uh attract me but i think trying to find a place where i can go to learn both is yeah what i want to do yeah you sound like me (laughs) yeah i know i know i need to do something to further my craft um i know there's a couple ways you could go about it and i can't pick one and even if i did pick one i wouldn't know where to go Uh, you know it's it's a it's a big decision to grapple with and i think a lot of young makers probably struggle with it, but yeah. I suppose it all figures itself out as time goes on. Mm-hmm. So you've said your parents are really supportive of all the work that you do from a very young age. They've been very supportive of you. Um, so I, I guess I don't need to ask what they think of, of your work, but do you tell other kids at school and stuff about it? Is this, you said your friend sort of got yeah. you into Kendamas originally. Right. You know, what What do other people think about it? Um. Well, like, a lot of my friends know, like, most of my friends, you know, they know that I like to make things. Um, They don't, like, I have friends who like making things also. Um, 
so they can relate with me. But I think there's also people who, you know, they don't really have that inclination or they don't really have, they don't want to, uh, maybe, I don't know if they want to or not, but they don't really make things themselves. Um, but I think they, they think it's cool, but they're not, they don't really, you know, pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I guess you probably don't get as many weird looks when you say I'm into wood turning versus when you're like, yeah, I make knives. Like I get a lot of, that's why I, I've stopped telling a lot, like a lot of people, I just don't, I just don't bother mentioning it. My close friends know, um, a couple of them understand what I mean, but people don't seem to think it's cool until I'm like, yeah, I sold a knife for 400 bucks. What? <laughs> yeah. As soon as they know, you know, how much money. Yeah. Now I got one friend who... He's not inclined to working with his hands, but he wants to come be my apprentice. And so yeah. I just keep joking with him. But yeah, people, people, I told a teacher today because my gym teacher was talking about how we'll have to log our fitness and when we're doing gym from home. And so I asked if blacksmithing was, uh, <laughs> was counted as fitness. And he said, why would you be doing that? <laughs> like, you know, he seemed to think it was hilarious. And then... You know, he thought I was messing with him. So, you know, a lot of people definitely don't seem to understand, but yeah, you know, they think it's cool. Oh, sorry for that. Oh, no worries. Do you get the, uh, oh, I, I'm, I should, you know, put me down for one. Let me get one of those until you tell them the price. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I get that a lot, you know. Well, not a lot, but I get that every once in a while with Kendamas. Because I think people don't, some people don't realize how long it takes to turn one. Um, and, you know, that's really what dictates the price. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, I think my friends, you know, they, they're not opposed to it. And basically, because most of them, you know, they have their own things going on. But also, you know, with my friend Tayden, um, it's really cool because he's been playing kendama long enough um to like where he's really good and i usually you know i'll be out in the garage i'll turn one he lives like five minutes from my house so i'll go over and see what he thinks of it you know and he'll tell me you know oh change this or you know so it's kind of cool because it's kind of a collaborative process that's nice to have an expert right yeah, and I guess I guess you're doing something less weird than knife making too. I get that from like you know my parents' friends and stuff. They're like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to get one of those for sure." Yeah, but. I feel like uh, with kendamas, a lot of people don't know what it is, so I do get you know those weird looks every once in a while. Yeah, I know. I always make sure to specify kitchen knife. You know, I don't <laughs> want people to think I'm like crazy. Even on my customs like slips that I have to write, I always write chef knife. I never just put, like, knife, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I'm always concerned that, you know, they're gonna it's going to get to customs and they'll think I'm sending a weapon across into the States. Right. Because that's mm. where most of my customers are, too. Which mm. is nice because the conversion rate from American to Canadian dollars is beautiful. Is it, it goes into your advantage. Oh, yeah. yeah. Until that's... I want to buy something from the States. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do you, like get most of your like consumables uh for the shop in the in canada uh yeah there's there's actually two knife making supply supply places in the province which is like the best in all you know the the highest concentration in all canada so i'm pretty lucky yeah um but bigger stuff i gotta buy from down south <laughs> yeah now as so, all right, yeah, let's get into a couple more business questions as we're, as we're sort of on this, uh, oh, I guess we weren't talking about business, but now we are. So, let's start with, this was a hobby originally, and at least the Kendama side of it has um, morphed into a business, so how did that transition go, and how did, and how has it changed the way you work? Mm, yeah, um, with, I mean, with the, I feel like, the make with miles side is like still really a hobby because 
you know, I am starting to like work a little bit with brands. Like they'll send me something to test out or, you know, but I'm not making like money off of it. Um, but with the Kendama thing, uh, at first, like the first two Kendamas where I made the video, obviously like that was just for fun. Uh, turning, I mean, turning is very, you know, therapeutic and it's fun, but uh, with the Kendama thing, I just, I'm always trying to, it's basically just systems, you know, you're trying to make it more efficient and like, so you can get more out the door. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of a quick transition. Yeah. Okay. And I, yeah, and I guess wood, and you know that product is um, slightly simpler than a knife. Not simpler, but it's um, what's the word? There, there's less. Yeah, so the you know the product itself is a little bit smaller, uh, less steps, less right. labor involved. Because you know I'll spend, I mean, on big big projects upwards of thirty hours on a knife, although usually closer to ten. Uh, whereas I was assume a kendama is a little bit less, so that yeah. turnaround into a business sort of becomes a little bit slicker than knives. I'm still right. I've been struggling with trying to get a workflow right for a long time. Um, but I just looked at your YouTube channel. I haven't looked at it yet. And do you know you have ten thousand subscribers? I didn't realize you were that yeah. big. Like, it, I didn't. I, I mean, didn't know we had a celebrity on the show. I wouldn't say that, but. The one, you know, the one thing, it just feels like a long process, you know, it feels like really slow growth, because um, I've been doing it for four years. I mean, not, I've, like, obviously I'm not doing it weekly like a lot of other makers are, or even, like, I think I average maybe one video a month, but, yeah, it's it's felt like a long process. For sure. Yeah, but it's clearly paying off. I mean, like I've had, oh, I see, you see um, makers, like young makers on YouTube sometimes. And, uh -huh. uh, you know, their channels are usually pretty small and it's sort of the beginnings of it at this age. But the fact that you've managed to cultivate this large following is really impressive. You, you just keep surprising me today, Miles, I got to <laughs> admit. Thanks. I guess a I guess a good host would probably do more research before they get in here, but you know, this is how you make yeah. authentic content. You gotta have the real surprise in there. Yeah, I mean, one thing I would say, you know, for people who want to start YouTube is, it like it doesn't happen overnight, and like one thing you know that really helps is, like for me, uh, I made when I was twelve, I. Um, there's this high schooler, um, and we built a boat together, like a rowboat out of plywood. And I feel like there's like, I mean, growth like is really, it's really helpful when you have support from, you know, other makers. Um, but I think that's one of the things that really helped because like, like we were saying before, like we were talking about different advantages of being a young maker. Um, and if you're on YouTube, one piece of advice I have to say is, you know, like a lot of people talk about the thumbnail and the title is th that's like really what uh, determines if it's going to do well. I did this twice where I said 12 year old builds blank. And like we were talking about how like when people see young people making things, it's kind of m like more uncommon. So maybe there'll be appeal, like there's a different appeal to that. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely makes you stand out from the crowd a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then it's so crowded social media and just the internet and the world at this time is so crowded right now mm -hmm. that you have to really capitalize on anything that makes you stand out. Yeah, and so the fact that those videos are, you know, a little bit more successful definitely um, makes some sense to me. Yeah, but it is interesting. It is for sure. And it's... I actually yeah, go ahead. Well, I had a somebody send. Oh, jeez, they sent a question into the Young Makers podcast 
Instagram asking um like they're starting to sell their work and they are not yeah they were just they were asking if it would be beneficial for their business and for their account if they included their age and they were I can't remember you know maybe 13 or 14 they were pretty young yeah um and they asked if they should put their age in their bio and I replied with uh well I said that I do and mm -hmm. what do you I do yeah yes it is yeah. on there it, so Oh, yeah, ahead. I would do it for sure, because that's one thing that you have to your advantage, you know. Let's see if I can find the DM. We'll we'll do it like knife talk style, and I'll actually shout yeah. them out. Um. Here, give me a second. You want to talk about work school balance while I try and find Ooh. this? Um, because you seem pretty committed to, you know, you're putting out a lot of work. So how do you balance and find shop time? Mm, yeah. That's that's a good question. Um, that's something that I've also, you know, had a hard time with, um, mainly because, like, I'm in my junior year of high school. The last three years, um, like, in, in middle school, I had a lot more time to make videos or make, you know, make things in general. Um, but the last three years, I've had, like, a lot more homework and like especially the homework it eats like eats in your time and i definitely like really value my education and i i like it a lot um i like learning new things that are different that maybe i wouldn't want to learn but when you have like two or three hours of homework um then like by that point you're pretty much like at least for me i'm tired and I don't really feel like going into the shop, so, yeah, I don't know. I usually, one thing I try and do is, you know, get my homework done during the week. Then I have time dur on the weekend to, you know, be in the shop. I don't know if that's the yeah. same as you, but. Yeah, I try to bust my butt at school. Um, I do whatever I can to make sure there's no homework. I guess online school is starting soon, so it'll be a little bit easier. Um, yeah, like if I can make it out into the shop, especially on like a Friday night or try and get in there one weekday is sort of nice. I play sports right when there's no COVID, I play sports. Mm -hmm. So that tosses another couple hours. And, you know, if you can't go right after school, it almost becomes not worth not worth right. going. So, yeah, it's a lot of weekends. Uh, just capitalize on your time is sort of the way I try to see it and don't waste time. But I struggle with it, yeah. yeah. So I did find the DM. It's from uh, hourglass.forge on Instagram. And he asked, I'm a 14-year-old knife maker. Is saying that I'm 14 helpful towards my business slash company? Thanks. Love the podcast. I feel like, all right, uh, just let me just let me nerd out for a second because I feel like a knife talk podcast or I feel like a real mm -hmm. podcast here. So, yeah. But, so yeah, we told him, like, I think it's always nice to put your age out there to, yeah, set yourself apart from the crowd. Uh, so just to reiterate that. But that was pretty cool. Uh, that was that was just for my own satisfaction, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, that's cool that you get, you know, DMs and you can talk about it on the podcast. Well, I got one. It's a, it's a good start. It's a good it's a start. Good start. But if you guys want to send a DM for a talking point, you think we should talk about a question I should ask guests, a question for me, um, you know, send them in, man. I don't, I don't mind. Or even if you just want to say hello, like I don't, I don't have that much of a life. So yeah, shoot a DM if you're interested on being or have someone to nominate for the podcast or anything like that. I'm always interested in seeing people that I haven't uh, heard of yet. Yeah. So, any of that stuff at air at at Young Makers Podcast, all one word on Instagram. Um, so yeah, that's that's that shameless plug. It's not shameless it's if not it's shameless for your though. own podcast. But if I said you should go follow Air and Iron and Steel with underscores between each word, that would be shameless. So yeah. I won't say that. But if you guys did happen to go do that, I guess it would be okay. Now. 
off of that <laughs> shameful advertising um let's talk about let's talk about you what what do you do outside of school you know or outside of outside of work who who are you who am i um you know that's a good question because a lot of my free time is devoted to making um and you know i don't play any team sports currently um but i do really love to skateboard so that's a lot of my time is either spent you know doing homework making things um or skateboarding so yeah 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 it's nice to have hobbies i play sports not well but i play them uh, yeah that's that's about my what life sports do you play i i play a little bit of everything i like volleyball is the only one where i'm sort of like starting line kind of you know pretty good but mm -hmm. i play setter so i'm kind of a, you know uh, yeah. there's not a lot of competition most people like to hit so they play power um like it's basketball season right now and i play but like, last year was my first year so i just sort of ride the bench and i'm happy to be there i enjoy yeah. it a lot though i'm into it lately um badminton if we ever get a season track i run 400 because nobody else does so that's a non-competitive one yeah. so yeah i'm a i'm an all-around i'm you know, it's like me making. I'm. A, I like to try and be a jack of all trades. I can't stay. I can never keep myself focused on one thing. Same. So I tr spread it out a little bit. Yeah. Now, if I can hop onto this real quick. Now we're we're starting to get close to the end of the episode, as you can tell. We're getting mm -hmm. into some of the fluff questions, but it's kind of nice to get to ask some of these because usually we don't get to go so deep. We get a little bit distracted so before we wrap up the show young makers spend a lot of money it's really easy to spend money on tools and i mean really easy like yeah that's it's all gone so fast so what's the next tool that you want to buy oh man um well i don't know there's a lot of tools that you know i'm always eyeing but um i think realistically you know one that I see myself getting is like some sort of sharpening system uh, for lathe tools because right now I'm only using carbide tools um, and I'm not sure uh, if you know like yeah, with the inserts yeah, yeah so I mean I've done some research and I actually like there's like among the wood turning community, there's like people are always kind of are, they have a strong opinion about you know traditional right, sorry, tools. Sorry, cut out again. But uh, Miles had just said that we're he needed to learn how to sharpen lathe tools, and so I don't know much about sharpening lathe tools, but I've been looking at new sharpening setup for you know knives as a knife maker, and so if I were you, I would look into um, probably diamond stones, honestly. Because, you know, you're not a traditional Japanese sharpener. You don't really need some, like, water stones. Right. So probably something that's easy to have on the bench that you can touch up any time would probably be nice. Uh, so something that doesn't require water, like a diamond plate, would probably be really convenient. And then, I guess, because you, you have to be able to... Oh, or you know what? Do you have a bench grinder? I, I do, yeah. I just picked one up. Um, from a friend of ours who's getting rid of it um, but I'm pretty sure it goes like it's a high speed motor oh, so I, guess. I don't know if there's a way to like slow that down but but um, have you seen those paper wheels I haven't or you can actually make your own out of MDF it's the same oh yeah idea. yeah I've seen um, that I think I've seen the MDF ones so yeah I bet you that would be a really great way and then touch it up on a whetstone or a diamond stone but diamonds cut faster and last longer. So unless you're into Japanese stuff, you don't really need a, the Japanese yeah. stones. Um, but yeah, that's what I would look into is paper wheels. Yeah. Because you don't have a belt sander, I assume. I don't have, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it, I mean, if you had like one that like uh, you have, like a, I think you have a 2x72? Yes, sir. Yeah. 
Yeah, that would probably do it. But yeah. yeah, that's a pretty easy way to sharpen tools. And then, or I'll probably touch it up on the disc sander too. I've started trying sharpening stuff on there. There's a lot of ways to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd look into paper wheels. Then you could probably make a wheel that's um, like ground to the same radius as your gouge. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you could, because you could just turn that on a lathe and then. Yeah. Like, I've never seen it before, but I bet I'm not into lathes that much. So I bet you if you looked at it, I bet you could find something like that. Yeah. I got to figure out lathe tools, too. I have a bucket of them and a lathe sitting under my workbench that I need to dust off. Have you tried turning yet? Yeah. Yeah. But nothing serious. I have a hand sanding stick. Whoa. Knocked over a glass of water, but it was empty. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) I I made like handles for my hand sanding stick and stuff, but nothing nothing too serious. That's cool. Yeah, I guess one other tool that you know uh, comes to mind is a drum sander, because mm. um, I don't know uh, how many people know about this, but like uh, I've been doing like some pattern plywood, um, basically where you're like creating different patterns or like weaves by cutting like plywood and then having it like the end grain sticking up. And that's really bad to run through the planer because it can really easily dull your blades. Um, And so, yeah, I think a drum sander would be good because, you know, you can flatten a larger panel of that. So does that just run like a planer, but it's it's just like sandpaper in the place of the, the spinning planer blade? Yeah, I'm... I think that's how it works, okay. but they're pretty expensive. Pretty. Like, I don't know. Planers are a lot more affordable, but it seems yeah. like it would be cheaper just because it's, you know, sanding and not blades, but who am I to? Well, I mean, look at my abrasives bill and I'll tell you <laughs> what's cheaper. But yeah. I feel like for that, for that, um, what do you call application sanding is probably cheaper yeah yeah and i bet you can get a better finish yeah Yeah. depending on your grit so for me it's actually really mundane i need to buy uh quench oil i'm finally gonna Mm. get myself that parks 50 the good stuff no more canola oil um so i don't i guess that doesn't really count as a tool it's more of a don't worry about it that's the next thing that i want you and just got I... a power hammer, right? Yes, yes. Ooh, that's exciting. Oh, man, that thing is... And I forged my first knife on or I guess it's the second one, but my first real knife on it, and it was just really great. And something I didn't realize it would be good for is straightening blades. So I believed that I'd be spending a lot of time at the hand hammer trying to get these things straight after the ha- power hammer mangled them. But after like half an hour of trying to straighten something by hand, I just ran it cold once on each side through the power hammer with light blows. So it's not, you know, breaking the blade. And it was perfectly straighter and flatter than I've ever made a blade before. So I was really, really pleased with that. Um, That was exciting. And I guess I might need to make some new dies for the hammer. So I have some drawing dies as well. Uh, Right now they're only flat. So... New yeah. tools, new tools. Yeah, for Little watch- Giant. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, Little Giant is great because someone bought the company and they sell stuff. So I can buy dies, which is really awesome for a 100-year-old machine. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, from watching Alex Steele's videos, like, that's one tool that, you know, I feel like I'd be scared to use, you know, because you have, like, a giant piece of metal coming down really fast. You wouldn't want to... I don't know what the like how risky it is, but yeah. Well, have you ever seen that his little power hammer where you can like see the thing spinning and coming up and down? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the exact same one as I have. Mine's red. That's awesome. So it's a little less scary, but it sort of sways side to side a little bit. I don't have it in the concrete. It's just on a on a wooden base. Yeah. And it shakes. It shakes the whole slab. Like it's cra- the slab is cracked down the middle, oh. and so my the forge side of it shakes, and my forge isn't like welded to the table, 
So my forge will like walk back and forth across the table that it's on and knock the fire bricks over. I need to fix that. But it's uh for now it's just dangerous and funny. Yeah. And with that, I think we've about come to the end of our conversation. And boy, has it been like, I've really enjoyed this conversation. You've been a fantastic guest. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's been fun, you know. It's my first podcast, and I think it was a great discussion. Thanks for coming. We might have to have you on again. That would be fun. If you're willing. Of course, yeah. Of course. Yeah, that was good. So... With that, I guess I'd like to, yes, thank Miles for coming on and being a great guest. I'd like to thank the Makery for having the show for, you know, for hope, not hosting, for, uh, yeah, for having my show on the network. I really appreciate that. Uh, there's new shows coming out. I've heard Craig mention a new woodworking show, which is, uh, you know, names and stuff are TBD, but I'm excited for that. I'll definitely be listening and the XYZ podcast with Craig himself, along with Aaron Goh. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, I said that pretty hard. But, you know, the XYZ CNC podcast is going to be coming out. I think it just did come out for the first episode. So definitely go check that out. Check out the rest of the episodes. We've had lots of great guests on before, Miles. And we'll be sure to have lots more great guests coming up in the future. This show comes out every Tuesday morning, so you can listen to it in your shop on your way to work or on your reluctant drive to school. And finally, I would like to thank all you lovely listeners for tuning in. And until next time, keep making, keep listening. Good night. Bye, everybody.